0: AfroVerdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Welcome back to the AfroVerdict podcast, where we delve into the latest developments in international relations and analyze the foreign policy statements of key global leaders. Today, we're joined by Dr. Pilani Mtembo, Executive Director of the Institute for Global Dialogue, to discuss the recent press conference held by Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov. On Thursday, 18th of January, 2024, Russian Foreign Minister held a comprehensive press conference providing a thorough assessment of Russia's foreign policy in the past year. He delves into various key issues, including the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, the situation in the Middle East, Russia-Africa relations, BRICS, and other pressing topics on the global agenda. So join me as we dissect Minister Lavrov's statements and explore the broader implications for the international landscape. Dr. Tembo, thank you for being here today to shed light on these critical developments. Dr. Tembo, Minister Lavrov called the dollar a tool of interference and regime change. According to him, this is one of the reasons why Russia is looking for alternative payment mechanisms. Would you agree with the statement and... How does Africa feel about the negative consequences of the current financial system? Is there a need for reform?
1: Well, I mean, Africa has, I mean, different African countries have consistently been calling for reforms to the current uh, financial system. Um, Also, through various structures like the International Monetary Fund and also the World Bank, Uh, they've been calling for uh, changes also to the landscape of development finance. Um, so when you place um, uh, Foreign Minister Lavrov's comments in a broader uh, context, I think it's, we, ha- that we have to understand them in a context where in recent years we have seen uh, an increasing uh, weaponization of the US dollar. Now, the dollar obviously uh, has acted as the world's um, uh, reserve uh, currency, essentially, but I think what we've seen in recent years is increasing um, sort of worry amongst countries uh, across the world, especially in the uh, global south, but not only in the global south. I think even in uh, the global north, for instance, even though they're not uh, sort of stated, uh, you know, state positions at the moment but you know amongst opposition parties also within um, Europe you also see uh, an increasing worry about the dollar as a reserve currency and essentially that is self-inflicted it's not that uh, you know countries um, sort of Went after, uh, you know, the the uh, the dollar. Of course, they were seeking to diversify the financial system, but I think when you have, you know, the U.S. increasingly using um, uh, the dollar to meet uh, geopolitical uh, ends, then that puts the stability of the global financial system, you know, at risk, and I think it's therefore understandable that you have in a lot more countries looking for alternative um payment systems and devising mechanisms to actually make it um more efficient but also even uh, cheaper to transact you know so you've seen even in 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 the past uh, year um african countries uh, in global fora have increasingly stated the position that they also need to find their own mechanisms to not only trade and 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 do you know financial transactions uh, denominated in dollars um, and, and 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 so africa you know through the african continental free trade area and other mechanisms are increasingly looking to make uh, financial transactions across the continent, not dependent on a Western intermediary, um, you know, including through the usage of uh, the dollar. And so we are seeing that traction grow. And obviously, when you also look even within the BRICS, I think you've seen this issue uh, being increasingly important uh, within the BRICS, but that is because, yes, we—it's because the you know the world is changing, and therefore, with multipolarity, you will also have multipolarity uh, seeping into the financial and economic system, not only in the political system. So, I think it's important to understand, you know, these um, comments not in an isolated manner but to understand them as as a sentiment that has been growing uh, across the world in recent years.
0: Thank you. The Western strategy of inflicting a strategic defeat on Russia has failed miserably, says Lavrov. How is this Western loss viewed in the African continent?
1: Well, I think Africa has, you know, in, in recent years, has consistently been recognizing. Um, and, and, the, and that's not only African... Uh, state actors, but also non-state actors in Africa uh, have consistently been highlighting that the world is changing, you know, towards a more multipolar order. Um, You know, I think there's an understanding in Africa that um, it is not in Africa's interest for a global power to be concentrated in the manner in which it has been concentrated, you know, in the past uh, decades and even centuries, you know, for for many uh, African countries. Now, that dominance uh, that we saw, you know, of, let's say, of a certain Western core of countries uh, led uh, in, in 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 you know in more recent times by the United States, I think African countries would have seen that period as a period that did not really um wasn't really aligned to Africa's own uh development uh priorities. Uh, it was a period of time which saw Africa's resources uh essentially, you know, shipped off uh, into the West without uh, being uh, necessarily uh, beneficiated uh, and sold back uh, as 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 made uh, products. Uh, so it's a period that's seen Africa's resources actually creating wealth and creating uh, jobs in other parts of the world. And that was the period uh, that Africa sort of looks at as a period of Western dominance. So essentially, African state actors and non-state actors, whilst not necessarily, you know, um, and of course, I mean, it's a big continent, so views will, you know, will obviously vary. But it's not necessarily about being anti-West. It's about saying that Africa's interests are better safeguarded. In a global order that is multipolar, that allows for more centers of power uh, to emerge, including regional centers of 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 of, of power uh, and 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 greater economic uh, cooperation, and of course, African countries and African you know sort of um, uh, scholars would see Africa as having more policy space in a multipolar order that permits more diversity different political systems different economic uh, systems uh, different cultures different uh, belief you know systems and a greater diversity of views as opposed to the period that the world is coming from where, for instance, even if you look at uh, things like development cooperation, there was a period where close to 80% of the world's development uh, cooperation was concentrated in countries of the OECD um, Development Assistance Committee. Now, what that translated to is, is that, small cohort of Western countries having a disproportionate ability to influence in other parts of the world the role of the state, the role of the economy, uh, how these should interact, uh, and a whole range of ideas that actually hindered at times the emergence of endogenous economic and political systems that were better suited you know, to the local and regional context. So, you know, I think when you take sort of, you know, remarks and reflections in the West about an inability to uh, have a strategic defeat, for instance, for Russia, uh, well, I mean, that Russia is a reality. And I think part of the problem that we are in a, current you know context is the inability uh to reconcile uh interests to reconcile uh interests you know within the west but also to uh, reconcile those with uh Russia's own interests when it comes to national security uh its relationship with nato its relationship with the uh, uh the united states with the eu and so you It's not necessarily, you know, when Africa looks at this, it's not that Africa is thinking there must be the emergence of a winner, either, you know, a Western uh, victory imposing, you know, a strategic defeat on Russia. No, that's not how Africa looks at it. African countries understand that uh, you are going to have different centers of power uh, globally. And amongst those centers, um, Russia is one of those actors. And so if we are going to have some form of stability globally, but also in the European uh, security architecture, then it's also going to be important to understand, you know, what are Russia's interests, Russia's own sensitivities when it comes to security, the relationship with NATO, and that you're not going to have uh, stability emerging, unless you take those interests into account and have an honest conversation about the root causes, you know, of, um, for instance, the current uh, conflict uh, in 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 Ukraine. So those things is how African countries, uh, or at least how many African countries are actually looking at it. And so you would see, you you, you know, you still have the Russia-Africa Summit. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not that African countries, including those African countries who, who um, uh, might have taken positions that are more aligned uh, with the Western positions in the UN General Assembly. But even those countries have not, for instance... Um, uh, imposed uh, sanctions uh, on Russia because they continue to have relations uh, with Russia politically and economically, and they see Russia as 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 one of uh, uh, the great powers that you have to engage with. And so, it, it's got it's it's important, I think, for Western actors, you know, to to reflect on a long term uh, vision. You know, around a European uh, security architecture, and one would hope that you would see more uh, European actions in that because it is their it is their uh, sort of uh, um, uh, region. At the moment, what you've seen is the US uh, sort of uh, you know pushing ahead, and then European countries uh, following. and 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 I think we're in a a moment where, obviously, you know, you've got the elections in the U.S., you've got elections in other parts of Europe, and so the political dynamics will also alter the strategies that emerge uh, in Europe. And 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 depending on the on the results, uh, then you might have a more honest, you know, conversation around changing the Western objectives uh, in russia but also with the relationship uh, in ukraine from one of a zero sum game of trying to impose you know some kind of a, a a defeat um you know which we just have not seen i think the the, the russian economy but industry has also just proved to be more resilient uh, than than western actors had perhaps perceived so it might change the strategic calculus of the West in terms of its relationship with Russia from a zero sum game uh, to one of a more pragmatic uh, form of, of cooperation that takes each other's interests uh, into account. And that will depend, I think, on the shifting uh, political landscape um, in, in, in Europe, in the U.S., uh, but also in other parts of the
0: world. Well, in global affairs, Russia will gradually implement the BRICS culture. One of the pillars of which is multipolarity. What do you think are the advantages of such a model for Africa?
1: Well, I think uh, certainly Africa sees its its interests um, uh, sort of coinciding more with a multipolar world. A multipolar world would 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 of course have still an importance of certain, what you might call great powers, you know, who still play an important role. But I also think a multipolar world would also enhance the agency um, and, 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 and you know, of regions, uh, world uh, regions. So Africa as a region also, its voice um, would have an opportunity to also be more elevated Within a multipolar world order, so a multipolar world order, it would also be one, I think, which would make it more difficult for any one state to, um, you know, just impose its will on any country in the world, uh, irrespective of what the majority of uh, countries actually say. So it will make it more difficult. Uh, and that will enhance, you know, the options, the policy options uh, of uh, developing countries. And of course, Africa has the largest number of developing countries um, in, amongst the world's uh, regions. And so a multipolar world would also see, I think, um, a sort of a more mutual respect for questions of, um, you know, questions of 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 of, of uh, strategic autonomy, but also even uh, sovereignty. You know, in various uh, regions that have never really had an opportunity to exercise a real degree of sovereignty. And so, I think, in that sense, if you think diversity of political systems, a diversity of economic systems. Uh, using the dollar, yes, but also using uh, the euro, using the yuan, um, using, you know, uh, technology uh, to make, you know, transactions. So you'd see greater diversity, I think, even within the economic infrastructure uh, that we would see. I mean, you think about uh, institutions such as your BRICS, you know uh, and your BRICS new development bank uh, which uh, by 2026 you know will basically look to have 30% of its loans um uh, dispersed and 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 you know calculated in 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 local currencies rather than being denominated in dollars you know so you would see a greater diversity of that. And what that also does is it forces established institutions like your IMF and your World Bank to also reform to a global order that is changing. Um, it also forces more serious discussions around the reform, you know, of the UN um, uh, as a whole, the UN system, uh, but also the UN uh, Security Council, um, and I think. Because we will have more centers of power rather than a concentrated, you know, uh, structure, you know, that is centered around uh, U.S. leadership and its its, its Western allies. Of course, the U.S. will still be there. Uh, its, Its Western partners will still be there. But they will have to... Work more in order to get things done. You know, so big topics, uh, uh, they will have to work with important uh, countries in various regions of the world, uh, with other great powers, but also with other uh, regional um, uh, structures. Um, You know, so I think a multipolar world uh, in that sense works in Africa's uh, interests. And I think you know, BRICS has consistently uh, been uh, 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 um, sort of championing a multipolar uh, world order. And I think what's important is that, you know, countries in the West need to understand that a multipolar world order is not uh, about, you know, sort of being anti-Western and all of that. Uh, I mean, a multipolar world would also envision, for instance, a stronger role for uh, the EU, you know, as an autonomous uh, actor, a more autonomous actor. I mean, uh, the EU uh, some years back was talking about the concept of strategic autonomy and whether that concept has been uh, realized or not. I think Europeans need to ask themselves that. But you know a multipolar world would also would 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 see different centers of power emerging and shaping the international system, shaping the UN, shaping the IMF, the World Bank, to be more reflective of the realities of today than the realities that were there when these institutions um, were created.
0: Finally, Minister Lavrov called President Zelensky' proposed peace formula a scam. This formula doesn't take into account the rights of Ukraine's Russian-speaking population, which is at the root of the current conflict. Why do you think is the West turning a blind eye to the crimes committed by Ukrainian nationalists against these populations?
1: So I think, you know, any uh, sort of peace formula that would uh, have any opportunity, you know, to to succeed or to be taken, uh, you know, seriously by uh, the respective uh, sides would have to be one that takes into account what are the root causes, you know, of this uh, conflict, but also of this phase, you know, of uh, the conflict. And so, Essentially, if 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 a a, a peace formula obviously doesn't take into account, um, you know, the other side's you know perspective and interests, then I think, you know, what that must be sort of seen as is perhaps that's what that's sort of the maximalist position. You know, uh, that's sort of the 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 position that. may not be realistic you know in, in in terms of looking at the reality of the dynamics uh, in terms of looking at um, the balance of, of 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 power you know at the negotiation table. and so obviously it would not be one in its current form. it's certainly not realistic um, because it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have necessarily taken sufficient account you know, of what each side looks at as the root causes of this particular conflict. And so any formula, you know, that would work would have to be based on the root causes. There would have to be an agreement of what are the root causes. And I think that would have to take into account also a historical perspective. Um, It would not, you know, sort of, Uh, use 2022 as the starting point. Uh, It would have to understand how did we get where we are, not only in Ukraine itself, but also in the relationship uh, between uh, Russia and NATO, but also in the relationship between uh, Russia and uh, uh, the European uh, Union. And so it would have to factor in a broader uh, sort of dimension, you know, of, 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 of the European security architecture. And it would ov- obviously have to factor in um, Russia's own uh, core interests uh, in, in that. And, and, and that would be a way to sort of try to have a long-term um, uh, perspective, but also a sustainable a set of actions, you know, by the respective uh, parties. And so in this regard, I think what's going to be important is to look at the political landscape in Europe. Um, there's going to be quite a number of important elections coming up, but also in the United States, there's a very important election coming up uh, this year. And what we need to understand is that in as much as um, you know major let's say major uh, western media corporations in the beginning of uh, sort of shortly after february 2022 the perception that they sort of wanted uh, others to believe is that there's a unanimous view of the conflict in ukraine within the West, Um, and that's simply just not a reality. I think we are seeing that there are different views in the West, in the US, in uh, Europe, around the relationship uh, between their countries and Ukraine, but also around their relationship between their countries and Russia, and what they would see as a way to resolve, you know, um, uh, the conflict. And so I think it's, it, it, it's important to understand that, you know, there, is a, there are more voices in Europe and in the US who think differently around how, you know, ar- around the conflict, but also around how to have a sustainable uh, solution you know, going, uh, going forward. So any peace formula would have to take into account a diversity, you know, of, uh, of uh, views. But ultimately, there would have to be agreement on what are the root causes of the conflict and what led uh, to an escalation over years and what led to a deterioration of relations Uh, between um, Russia and some of its partners in the West, including in the EU, in uh, NATO, and of course the relationship between Russia and the United States. If it doesn't do that, it doesn't really have a realistic chance, you know, of uh, succeeding uh, because it doesn't then take into account the realities on the ground. But then it also doesn't... um, take into account the realities of a changing uh, geopolitical
0: uh, landscape. Dr. Tembo, thank you for joining us today on the AfroVerdict podcast. It's been a fascinating and informative discussion, I must say. I want to encourage our listeners to stay tuned for future episodes as we continue to explore the latest developments in international relations and delve into the foreign policy of strategies of key global actors. Well, if you want to rewind or listen to previous Afro verdict episodes, you're welcome to do so on popular podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, AfriPods, Cosbox, and of course Podcast Addict. For updates regarding African important global events, check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account, and other socials. Well, that's that for today, everyone. This is your host, Victor Anakin, signing off, and I'll see you next time. Afro-verdict brought to you by Sputnik Africa.